this is a brief content warning. In this episode, we will be discussing themes of sexual assault. Uh, so if you don't want to listen to that, just skip this episode. Welcome to As A Film Student. I'm your host, Mon. And I'm your other host, Nick. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about something a bit different. We're not really going to be analysing a film or like a show or anything. We kind of wanted to have like mini episodes, like in between regular episodes, just to kind of like shake things up a bit, but also to kind of make it much more... I'd say, um, relatable to a lot of our Australian audiences and a lot of the things that we want to kind of talk about. And we wanted to make things more accessible as well. Like, you you don't yeah, need a streaming subscription to watch the milkshake ad. You can just exactly. go to your favourite shitposting page and see the milkshake ad. Because I don't know how to explain this ad other than the fact that it is an extremely elaborate shitpost. Like... I watched this, and you cannot tell me that this was serious. To kind of, like, give us context about what we're going to be talking about today is the fact that, like, we kind of wanted to stray away from film and television just for a short moment to kind of talk about things that are important to us, and especially Australian media that has actually changed the landscape of literal Australian society. Well, with the milkshake ad, I feel like it's very different because it comes in a time where consent and the me too movement was at its height and also where people are actually speaking out about sexual assault and rape and so obviously to have the milkshake ad come out of nowhere from the liberal government was just honestly uncalled for i did not expect to see it i did not want to see it and honestly i had no idea what to say about it i simply didn't understand it like This isn't really the Me Too movement, it's more of a movement in Australia where we've had the Young Australian of the Year, I think? No, she wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, but also... It was the Australian of the Year, yeah. Yeah, but also the allegations that Brittany Higgins brought up and the allegations against Mm -hmm. Christian Porter, and that started this really big wave of a re-evaluation of the culture within our, our parliament really yeah and so the government is facing legitimate and really pointed allegations of sexual assault and entirely misogynistic you know culture and they give us the milkshake ad in return they're not like oh we'll actually do something about christian porter they're like have an ad about a milkshake we're just going to keep coming on desks To all the people that haven't actually seen the milkshake ad, all I can say is that it's set in kind of like an 80s to 90s set and it has a girl and a boy drinking a milkshake. And obviously the whole consent video kind of starts off with the boy not really wanting to try his girlfriend's milkshake and then she kind of like slaps the actual milkshake and ice cream on his face and starts laughing at him and I was like, How is this a euphemism for consent and sex? Is this the literal sex education that we are giving to young Australians and young people? Like, what is this? And it starts off with him being like, oh, this is so bad. And then it it switches out to like an infographic, like a motion infographic of, it's called moving the line. Is it called moving the line? I think so. 
I didn't understand it. Mm. And the whole the whole moving the line thing is such a weird thing because like when you move the line, you cross you cross over what your partner wants. Of course, that is not consensual. But it's like, yeah, like when you want to order pizza and you talk over someone else who wants to order pizza, yeah, that's pretty bad. But ordering pizza does is not like similar or parallel with literal sexual assault or sexual harassment. There's just no connection between that. And why would you want to make connections with things that are so different? For example, making connections between wanting to order food to sexual assault and harassment. Something I found interesting was the fact that they do a gender reversal to what we typically see. I'm not saying women can't assault men. They definitely can. But we like there's this government that's predominantly male getting faced with like actual assault allegations and they reverse the roles they make the woman the assailant and i thought that's i don't know how much to read into that but i thought it was interesting also what's worse is the fact that like you see her try to acknowledge that she isn't a be- she is being a really bad partner and she apologizes and he just does not accept that apology and so he leaves. And then somebody else who is there, who does who sees it all happen, does not actually step in to help at all. So he just watches by and just allows it to happen and then when he uh, when her boyfriend leaves she's sitting there and you know what the guy gives her he gives her a car to therapy you mean you mean the uh therapy and counseling that's becoming really hard to access because the government keeps slashing our access to it in an affordable way because they don't like medicare because everyone who needs fucking medical help is apparently some sort of parasite on society despite the fact that i pay taxes okay it's just, it's really despicable because, like, it's also allowing the perpetrator to, you know, change when the, sh- like, when the actual advertisement doesn't show anyone going to help the victim. Sometimes you do see that, though, and, you know, there's the whole bystander effect, and also, as somebody who has tried to intervene in potential sexual assault, it's, it's really hard, like, as a bystander. It's complicated, it is so complicated and there's so so many nuances to consent as well and obviously the whole moving the moving the line ad did not did not do justice at all like it was a really poor betrayal of consent and sex education and especially especially in regards to the fact that like you can't understand it we are adults like we are in our 20s we have some or a little bit more experience with sex and with relationships and with a lot of things we can send and we don't understand it now imagine if you were like a 13 year old kid watching this and you've you know you've just started puberty you know you're still learning about your body still learning about sex and you're watching this milkshake ad imagine this being played in your schools I'm just saying you will not be able to understand this. And if I were to show my young sister this video, she would not get it. She would not understand. And the thing is, there are so many resources, so many amazing resources about consent and about sex education in Australia that are so helpful and so um, accessible to anyone that is willing to seek for it. And... (laughs) 
Like, I know it's just it's just so like problematic to me that like the Liberal government did not even consort like advocacy groups and sex ed groups and feminist groups about this video and this advertisement they made. Of course, because that would mean listening to victims and we can't do that because they might indict sitting members of parliament, allegedly. Mm, allegedly. But yeah, and do you, know, do you know that the actual video and advertisement actually costs $3.7 million to make? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Say that again? $3.7 3.7 million dollars yo million i could have dollars. made that with like 10 bucks like i i really hope that was like paying the crew like an above average union rate because like 3.7 million dollars that's that's too many dollars for the milkshake ad like also like you you sp- said it before when you were summing up the, the video overall but the fact that they go to the in- infographic it really looks like a prager uni infographic like i got i really got those vibes and it's like they make those i i fucking hope they make those videos for really cheap it's nothing it's I went to a Catholic school and I got better sex education for this. It fails on every level. Yeah, and what's really fascinating is the fact that it took up over half the funding allocated to the Respect Matters campaign. So the Respect Matters campaign is, I'm not quite sure, I don't really know much about it, but I know that it's a campaign about like sex as well. And not just sex, but other things. I, I, I'm not quite sure Probably about it. feminism then, and women and other things that the LNP just intrinsically don't get. Yeah, and so they wanted to take money away from this very crucial and pivotal campaign on a milkshake advertisement about consent that is that does nothing for anyone. Like, I'm sorry, but the day that my PE teacher brought plastic bananas onto like into class and we had to put a condom on it was much more helpful than this ad wait you guys actually got to use condoms <laughs> yeah we actually got to like learn how to put them on we never um, did that in bananas well you went to a catholic school Nick. i know but like apparently we got i'm not joking when i said that that the pe teacher was really mad at us that we didn't know more than two ways of birth control we were just like birth control pills and condoms and she's like i'm really disappointed in you girls there are so many other ways to do birth control and we're just sitting there like motherfucker i am 15 how much pussy do you think i'm getting and it's like they don't even show us how condom works it's like catholic school is a fucking trip it's crazy because i remember the man that taught my sex ed class was like a white man like a middle-aged white man he was like the best way the best way of birth control is abstinence oh my god you got abstinence we got we never got abstinence guys what they're like abstinence is so important just don't have sex and i was like okay you're telling a bunch of horny teenagers to not have sex do you think we're gonna believe you yeah and as someone who is like going through massive hormone spikes like it's like when you're a teenager you can like isolate that because when you're a teenager you're doing cringy things but if you go through puberty after your adolescent years like you really understand how fucking horny teenagers are like you really get a sense for that and it's like motherfucker i am surprised that there were no like teenage mums in my high school like did you have any because I'm surprised that we didn't have Yeah, them. we had heaps. 
I, we had we had we had a fair few. So nobody yeah. knew how to handle the banana. <laughs> yeah, but what's very again another kind of fact is was the fact that it was actually approved by Dan Tehan and MP Alan Tudge, who, by the way, also voted for religious policies like the Religious Discrimination Bill and also voted against same-sex marriage. <gasps> who, who could have thought, who would have thought the same people that endorsed this campaign and endorsed this advertisement would actually be the same people that voted against the gays? Oh my god, I, I did not see it happening. Oh my god, do you want to take what? a detour down to the same-sex marriage thing? Because I, I have a little Yeah, rant. honestly, go ahead, let's go. The fact, like, we're, we're both uh, not straight, we are not mm. heterosexual, so there is a chance mm. that we Thank may god. end up marrying somebody of the same sex as us. And as a 17-year-old, I couldn't vote in the postal referendum for same-sex marriage in Australia, but I was looking around me and seeing everybody else vote on my right to potentially marry a person that I could love. And it's not like I was dating somebody of the same sex as me at the time, but the fact that it was a possibility and it was something that people were voting on, it was it was really like, yo, what? This is really mentally not vibing. Like, this is mm-hmm. not good and it's like it's something that heterosexuals and very privileged people really don't understand it's seeing that everyone else voting for your right to live like them is disheartening and it's actually damaging like we saw a spike in uh suicides in the lgbt australian population during the postal vote this is the same government the same government that just like they they didn't want to like just outright say yeah gays can get married no they had to drag us through the mud first they had to basically put us on display and say everybody i want to know all your opinions like this is not fucking reddit okay i don't want to know your opinions like fucking just do it the fact that australia did it after the usa is just disgusting and i remember like during that time i remember like we were having like English presentations about topics that you cared about. And I chose my topic on something really weird. My one was actually about like, mine was about um, the deep web <laughs> and about the dark web and about um, all of that stuff and information about the dark web. And then I remember a lot of people were actually talking about gay and same sex marriage. And a lot of people in my school actually were like, no, I don't believe in it. And I was like, why not like it doesn't concern you and I remember this girl she was very like this girl was just so against it she was just she hated it so much she had a whole presentation about how it was so bad how it was was so unnatural and how God would smite these gays and I was like man okay I'm not taking you seriously (laughs) (laughs) no but it was just the fact that like it wasn't a good presentation But it also just was too personal. (laughs) Like, I was like, okay, um, this is getting way too personal. But I I, I just like, there was just a huge spike of like 
gay jokes mm. and and like people saying the f slur and people just being really discriminatory towards people who are a part of the lgbtqi plus community like i was and i like did not come out to anyone that that year i just don't i did not even talk about it because i was so scared of like people discriminating me so i just pretended i just pretended to be hetero like i came out before the like before the referendum for the post vote but when people like like people just kind of forgot that I was right and then like I didn't want to bring it up again I was like no I'm not gonna come out again like no way oh I never let them forget it I I came out in year eight as a bisexual and I never Mm. let anybody forget it you you saying that the the representation thing just brought up so many memories of legitimately every time it's like oh kids we're doing an oral presentation but here's a list of things that you have to talk about agree or disagree there would always be either a climate change one or a gay one yeah and i would always i would always pick the gay one as well as well as the climate change one. Ooh, who, who'd have thunk I, I care about climate change? And, the, like, I remember standing up in front of my entire religion class, religion class, in front of a very <laughs> tiny, very Catholic Filipino teacher and saying, if you don't believe in same-sex marriage, then you are simply a homophobe. Like, I'm sorry, babes, but that's what it is. It, it, give me a non-homophobic explanation as to why you don't like same-sex marriage. And I remember there was a very specific uh, language choice that I had where I didn't say same-sex marriage. I said marriage equality. Same-sex marriage, in my mind at the time, was like, it's it, it was othering. But when you say marriage equality, it, it's more to the point. It's... It's not that we want this new thing. It's what this we want the same rights as everybody else. And mm-hmm. this was the kind of thought that 16-year-old me was applying to my fucking oral presentations in high school that were only like what 10% of my overall grade that would amount to absolutely fucking nothing at the end of the year. That is more thought than what anybody in the government gave to the fucking milkshake ad. Obviously like they had a hetero couple in the milkshake ad, but they had so much emphasis on the woman doing the damage instead of the man. And it also had a domestic violence kind of um, reference to it as well, which I think was just so... Like, I understand there is a correlation between domestic violence and consent. Obviously, there is, obviously. But it's the fact that they treated it as if it was like a small, minor thing. And I was like, no, like, domestic violence is not... It is not. Mm. And I genuinely think that, like, the milkshake ad failed in epic proportions. It just was a waste of money. And I just... If you want good sex education for young people, especially for young girls, then that is not the right way to do it. That is not the right way to do it. Like, it made me so angry. Because, like, the thing is, we grew up as young girls. And... There's just so much, you know, like media on, you know, looking a specific way and acting a specific way. And, you know, you need to make sure that, you know, you look good so then you can get male attention. And I had a very interesting discussion last night because we were talking about grooming. And I feel grooming is one of the parts where consent is very kind of blurred in a way. Because, yes... She might say yes, but she is underage. She does not know about the 
you know, repercussions of her actions and the consequences of her actions. Like, I'm going to be very honest, like, I have almost been groomed before. Like, I was only 15 and there was, like, a guy which I was talking to who was much older than me and he was about maybe four or five years my senior. I was 15. He was in his 20s. And I, you know, I, I really liked him and I wanted to have his approval. I wanted to have his validation. I want him to think that I was sexy, that I was pretty and I, and I felt wanted. And that is kind of what media has been kind of, you know, giving us that, that, that vision of, of, of young women and young girls to be a certain ways to get male attention. And that was how we felt good. That was how you will actually be valued as a woman or seen as a woman and it's just so disgusting to me when I'm looking back the fact that I just did not know I did not know I was only 15 I was so excited to turn 16 because 16 was the age of consent I was why why should I be thinking about that in the first place why should I why should I be be so you know you know like so invested in the idea of wanting to have sex with an older man like it was just so messed up and things I chose to make all of those decisions because I just did not know and if and because I was young like he did take advantage of that and he could have taken advantage of me and like that was the most scariest part was the fact that I if he had other intentions he would have definitely definitely taking advantage of me easily and I I wouldn't have known and you know I knew what consent was back then but I didn't know that consent I didn't know that it was basically like statutory rape um and that like I just did not know I said yes to everything but I was just too young to even acknowledge the fact that I shouldn't be doing that and that he shouldn't be hanging around someone that young and the thing is, after, even now, I feel like I still blame myself for getting into that situation. And it's the whole kind of like self-blaming, self-guilt kind of feeling of like, you know, damn, I could have done this. I should have done this. I should have made sure he didn't, you know, get to me. And like, that was really terrifying. And I guess that's why consent and learning learning how important consent in sex education is is like for young girls it is the most scariest thing ever is to be groomed by older men and i know so many young girls that have been speaking to older men and i'm just like don't do it do not do that it is it is not fun when you're looking back at it you are not going to you're going to regret it and it's the whole kind of it's, you know it's like the whole kind of thing with age gap relationship you could be like 19 you're legally an adult, but you could be dating someone that's 40 years your senior. Like, that in of itself is a bit weird to me because you they have, like, so much power over you. Wow, don't at my grinder relationships like that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's just, like, they have so much power over you. And, like, when you're in, like, that, not just an intimate relationship, but just, like, a relationship, because they have those many years of experience ahead of you, like you don't have enough time to really mature and really grow as much as they did and yeah like it's it's like yeah yes you might be legally an adult but 
you're just so young and impressionable and like vulnerable like you were at your most vulnerable when you're in your teen years I was so vulnerable I I I I I'm so glad that nothing bad happened to me but the most scariest thoughts are the ones where you think about it too long and you're like what could have happened to me what if you know Mm. Honestly, thank you for sharing, because it does take a lot of bravery to be open about your experiences with that. And I think it it's almost even, this is going to sound weird, but I think it's also braver to speak up about near misses. Like, you were groomed, but you were never assaulted. And I think that's, like, the fact that you were never assaulted is a very, very, very fucking good thing. But... The fact that you were never assaulted, some people are like, ah, but it never really happened, and that can be discouraging. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like what you said about she might say yes, but she's underage, and that's the thing about consent that a lot of people it's it, they don't get. It's like, okay, this person they said yes, they're willing, they're enthusiastic, they said yes, I have consent, but okay. Is that person of age? Are they drunk? Are they mentally ill? Are they on fucking pingers? What other things are you not, like, understanding? And it took me a long time to come to terms with my own sexual assault because I did say yes, but I was not of sound mind. And I think it's, like, a lot of what you said about that that blame. You blame yourself a lot. Like, you're like, I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have gotten on the fucking train. In doing that, I was basically consenting then anyway. Oh, shouldn't have done this, this, and this. I shouldn't have got myself in that situation. But it's it's bullshit because you didn't assault yourself. Nobody assaults themselves. And a lot of, like, oh, why didn't she speak up earlier? Is because maybe she or he or they didn't know that they were assaulted in the technical term maybe it's experience maybe it's just looking back and maybe it's understanding and coping and maybe it's pushing down the memory and not wanting to confront that and like oh wow i'm feeling genuine feelings now <laughs> mm, <laughs> gotta go to therapy i hope you're doing okay <laughs> i hope you're feeling okay nick like it is really hard to come to terms with your own sexual assault i wrote twenty thousand words to understand my own sexual assault in a public google talk <laughs> you actually did and i actually read every single word it was, of it and it's like it was fucking i did weird. i i i read that and the thing is like you do we do a lot to kind of justify the fact that like yeah we're still alive but like dealing with trauma is something that is so different for everyone like for me i just internalized it for years for years mm. until i i got into my first relationship my first ever serious relationship and i was like i'm really scared of sex like i'm genuinely really scared of it like i don't know what they're gonna do to me i just had such huge lack of trust for men and for people who identify masculinely and i was just so afraid of of men because of the fact that I was groomed by an older man and I just felt so uncomfortable whenever like this topic of sex came about I just did not want to talk about it I was like I feel really uncomfortable I just don't really want to talk about it and although nothing really sexual came out of that real like that situationship between me and that older man 
it was the fact that he had he made suggestive glances suggestive comics comments and suggestive touches towards me when I was 15 that made me feel so looking back entirely uncomfortable like I felt so bad and guilty for letting my my younger self go through that and now I'm just going through the repercussions of like man I don't feel comfortable with around a lot of men and so it took me so long for me to be physically um, intimate with my partner like I couldn't even hold his hand until like five or six months in our relationship and I couldn't even like hold him properly like I felt so scared like it was really terrifying and but then like obviously I felt better and like over time like things get better and you start to feel more comfortable but it was just like that lack of trust that you have with someone um someone that you care and really love but you just can't because of your trauma and I feel like I'm not I'm not the only one in that boat like I know so many I know so many men women you know, non-binary people and anybody who identifies as, you know, like, it's just, we all feel guilty and we all try to process our trauma in different ways. And sometimes people just do not want to process it at all and we just internalize it. That's what I did. I internalized it for years until, like, I got my first relationship. It really knocks, knocks you off your boat. Because, like, it just came out of nowhere. I just did not want to talk about sex. I did not want to think about it, you know? And I feel like with you, like, you wrote 20,000 words on a Google Doc yeah. about it. Like Mostly because it's it was, not to be yeah. Avril Lavigne, but it was complicated. And that's, mm. that's the thing. Like, we want to believe that assault is simple villain-victim narrative and in your case like i don't know about this guy that was grooming you but that's that's a pretty clear cut of a guy that was definitely some sort of cunt like there's no way that there's any complications in that like that's he's he's a cunt he's Mm. grooming an underage child but like in a lot of cases a lot of the reason why it takes so long is that complicatedness it's it's not simple Nothing is simple. And the milkshake ad is trying to make something simple out of an inherently complex topic. Because human relationships are are complex. Like, there's no simple answer. There's no seeing someone falling in love with them, having entirely heterosexual missionary sex for the rest of your lives, popping out three children and going... I don't know, to die at the age of 80 or something. That's not how it works for most of us. And I think it's inherently a sign of privilege that the people creating these ads can see the world that way. Because they don't... It's This is just like, oh yeah, let's turn the tables. Let's have the woman assault the man. Like, yeah, no. And let's use it to teach them about something about a line. Like, no. That's not how it works. It's... It's not indicative Mm -hmm. of any lived trauma. And most of us have trauma. Like, being alive is fucking traumatic. But you you really (laughs) see the way that some cunts just do not have trauma at all. Except for shitting yourself in 1997 in Angandine Mackers. Like, that's that's the biggest (laughs) trauma this cunt has, okay? Like, (laughs) 
other than that, there's there's nothing. There's no there's no proof. There's no lived evidence. Like nobody shoved a milkshake into my fucking face before they assaulted me. Like no, that's not how it works. And nobody talked about moving a line. Like it's an interesting concept, but it's not an interesting. Well, it's not an effective public health message because this is what it is. It's health, and. You may think, oh, but it's it's mental health that's trauma. Yeah, that's your fucking health, dickhead. And, you know, sexual health is also health as well. So you guys better get checked. You better get your your pee-pees and your hoo-hahs checked. <laughs> hoo-hahs. <laughs> please get your penis and vagina checked by a professional, please. Okay? The amount of people I know who don't get it checked. I'm like, guys, you, just check. Yeah, y'all gonna get it. You need to get it checked. But there is some really good resources out there if you do want to learn more about consent and about sexual assault and about sex and about sexual harassment or D or DV and all of those really crucial and important topics. Um, and there's a hundred percent like obviously this episode's like you know it doesn't go through everything about consent it just goes through you know our opinions and our personal experiences with consent or you know sexual assault or harassment and i have so many instances of sexual harassment in my life I, if i were to note down every single one of them it would take another like one hour episode we'd be here all so, day we'd be here all day and uh, it's very weird because the way i process my trauma is just talking about it in a very casual way and when people like listen to me they're like what no i i got the same like i i do it through humor as well and it's like when when we were doing the 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 content warning warning earlier i was just like stop making this a joke stop making this a joke this is serious because like the the way I process things is through jokes. It's like I see levity in things and people just like stare at me like And it's yeah, like the thing is like a lot of women that I know also joke about it as well. And the thing is like we share a common kind of connection with joking about very heavy topics like these is because we have no other way of dealing with it. And I like that's how I deal with like my sexual harassment and the fact that like I do get you know touched or catcalled and all of that by random strangers like that is just how I deal with it and I just obviously I can go to therapy but like but that's expensive jokes, it takes long jokes is exactly. short and funny <laughs> and you don't feel bad at the end <laughs> no but therapy is very important if you can definitely go therapy definitely go to counseling it's very helpful and also there's heaps of resources on the internet as well there's a few podcasts that i've listened to about consent that have actually been very helpful and very rewarding um there's one called consent is not a synonym for permission and uh, talking comprehensive consent with sarah casper it's a very really good po- it's a really good podcast about consent and it goes through a lot of um very different situations of consent and there's another one called share the load podcast which is also very good um you also have um, 1-800-RESPECT. So that also gives you a lot of information about consent and sex education. And, you know, sometimes the better, the better Health channel actually does have some pretty good resources there as well. So they have a really nice resource called, um, that explains what sexual assault is and it outlines what to do if you have been sexually assaulted. Um, and there's other things as well, which are very, very helpful. And we'll link them down below. Um, to give you more information about sex 
education and sexual assault and like you know just kind of giving you better resources that are not the milkshake ad yes (laughs) um (laughs) because any resource is better than the fucking milkshake ad anyways that will be the end of the mini episode we will keep posting all of these uh sources and we will keep posting resources throughout the week until our next episode uh thank you for listening uh bye stay safe you guys stay